Um, some of you may know, some of you may not know. He had to, um, James had emergency appendectomy on Wednesday in the middle of the night. But he is recovering very well. And he said to thank you all for your prayers. He really appreciates it. Um, he is, he's home. Um, in fact, I think he might have dri- let Cindy drive and he was riding around with them in the car. So, um, I'm the one today. <laughs> oh, y'all are so sweet. Um, boy, it'll really be nice when he gets back. Let's all just say, hi, James, we love you and miss you. <laughs> hi, James, we love you and miss you. Yes, hurry back. (laughs) Father, we just come this morning rejoicing in you and who you are and how wonderful you are. There, There is none like you. You are altogether lovely. We thank you for what you have done for us, for the testimony of Jesus that lives inside of us. We thank you that you're always with us, that your presence is here, but we just want to feel you, Lord, in a special way. I ask for your anointing, that your words will come forth, um, and we just say thank you, God, for your mighty love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, it's always nerve-wracking trying to figure out what you want to kind of zero in on, or rather what God might want you to zero in on. And um, I do the Tuesday morning ladies thing, and with the the ladies, it's fun. (laughs) And I don't get nervous, but with you guys, it's a little bit different. But, um, But God is faithful. And um, somebody gave me a call while I was driving here this morning. And as soon as I hung up from that, it was like the Spirit said, Just get a grip, Barbara. Relax. I've put my words there so that you can tell my people that they are mine. So I'm telling you, Zion, you are God's. And He loves you. Um, I wanted to just look at one Scripture, I, you know, it, well, anyway, I'll do it my way, not James's way or Tully's way. We, each one of us that are believers in Jesus, that have him living inside of us, are just an awesome, tiny, um, manifold spark of the power and the love and the life of the living God. And you know how a diamond has a whole lot of different facets? Well, together we make up the whole, well, not just us, but the whole body of Christ makes up that diamond of His glory and His life. And so each one of us have a part to share and to give, a spark to let loose. Um, so he, he's just so cool how he has created the whole thing. And I, got, I have pages of notes. <laughs> you know, Tully gets up here with one little thing and James gets up here with none. And Anyway, I 
want you all to turn to Song of Solomon. This just so happens to be one of my very most favorite books in the whole Bible. The Lord has opened that book to me through the years. And um, I, I still don't even get hardly a grip on it. It's so unusual. But it's really a love story. And it's his love story about how much he loves us. And, and there's just one verse that we're going to zero in on today. <laughs> um, and just kind of look at it and then bring it over into the now. Hi guys, come on in. Um, Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 3. And we're just, just going to read that one verse. First, let me say the Song of Solomon follows the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is all about the mind and living in the world, in the flesh, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's... And, and Solomon wrote both of them. He wrote Ecclesiastes and the Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon is all about the heart. Living from the heart. Living from the tree of life. Not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So that's the difference between those two books. So this book, Song of Solomon, is all about God declaring his love for us, the bride, and the bride stating her love back to him. And it's the progressive look at that, th- at that whole um, scenario. But we're just going to zero in on chapter 2, verse 3. And the bride is saying, Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest or the wood, so is my beloved among the young men. In his shade I took great delight and sat down, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. So, this little verse, James emailed this verse to me, I don't know, months ago, and I've been just, went back in here and started meditating on it for a long time. And it's really speaking of spiritual rest, spiritual enjoyment, and spiritual pleasure in Jesus. We're, I know it's in the Old Testament, but we have learned that we read the Old Testament from the New covenant perspective that from the perspective of perspective of our I'm not going to sit down um, of our bridegroom now I know it's a little bit more difficult for men to relate to being a bride than it is for the women but it's also difficult for the women to relate to being a son of God but we are because son, son means mature one, one who inherits everything. So we don't have to get all bent out of shape about that. We're, we're the body of Christ. We are joined to him. Um, and so we're sons and we're brides. And, body, and a body. <laughs> we're his body. Also, we're a temple and we're living stones and we're trees and we're a garden. I mean, there's so many different things in the scripture that talks about us and, and we're, so that we can kind of get a tiny little glimmer of who we are in him. 
and who he is in us. Christ, the anointed one. Christ means anointed one. So the anointed one in us. Oh my goodness, the hope of glory. The hope of his glory coming into every situation that we face. That is amazing. All right, so it's about spiritual rest, enjoyment, and pleasure in Jesus. He is unique. He has a unique value that nobody else does. It says like an apple tree among the trees of the forest or among the trees of the wood. There's only one. There's only one. Can you imagine a huge forest of big oaks, pines, cypress trees, whatever, and then and you're walking through and you're hungry and you're tired and you need to rest and you come across this gorgeous tree that has all this fruit on it and it has shade and you just sit down and you rest. Well, the apple tree here, I believe, in this scripture is a type or a picture of the cross, the cross of Jesus. It's in, in that work that he did on the cross that he finished that a lost and dying world can have shade, can come and have rest. They can come to that. Not only that, when, when the lost come to that to that cross, to that apple tree, to that unique one, the only one that ever did such thing, ever, God himself, not only that, when the believer, when you then become a believer, we can come and sit down and rest in what he's done and what he finished. Um, his shade is delightful. It, it bring, and not only that, there's a wonderful fragrance that goes with that. Now, I have never personally seen an apple tree when it's in bloom, but I've heard people say that they're absolutely gorgeous and they have a sweet, sweet fragrance to it. But also, apples have a sweet fragrance. So our Lord is the fragrance of life, that tree of life, which is the cross, emanating out to everybody and beckoning, come, 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 rest in what I have done. Um, the, o- the only one, like an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men, or all the sons. He is the only one. He is the unique one. He is the most refreshing person, the most fragrant person, the loveliest person in all existence. Among all, he is the one. Um, Okay, his shade. Because of who he is and what he did, there is shade like we mentioned a minute ago, for the fallen world. There is a place where the lost and dying can run and receive life and not have to struggle, strive, do hard labor to try to get themselves saved. They can come and just believe, sit down and believe that he is who he said he was. The bride here is, she is 
not standing on her legs of flesh. She is not standing on her own self-effort. She is not standing on performance or obedience to the word. How many times have we heard, oh, anyway, growing up, if you have been in the church any length of time, you've heard, you do not obey, you do not love God. But see, what happens is, when we come and realize our union with him, that we are joined with him, Scripture says, know ye not, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit, your life is not your own, you were bought with a price, that he is living inside of us. Then, it all comes from the inside out instead of from outward imposition of performance. So she's not standing up. She's not laboring. She's not producing. She's not striving. And all her hard labor has ceased. She's sitting. You know, that's real easy to say. <laughs> but in life application... Sometimes it's a little bit difficult. I mean, it's a little nerve-wracking for me to do this. And here I am saying, no striving, no hard labor, no stress, sit, rest. And I'm going, okay. But the Holy Spirit living in us rises up. And he, he knowing what he's already done, knowing the gifting that he's put in each one of us, knowing that it's his glory, his life, his love, his light. Life has light. In fact, his fire, his, the very flame of God lives in each one of us that are believers. And we can rest in that, that it's his work of what he already accomplished. He forgave us of everything. I know I'm probably sending like a broken record, but I don't think it hurts to say these things over and over and over to hear that all on the cross, the one who is like an apple tree among the forest, my beloved, the, the glorious one, the one who didn't have to do it, but because of love, because he loved so much, he came in the form of a man born of a woman under the law and took all of our sin, all of our grossness, all of our yuckiness, darkness, perversion, every ugly thing that you can think of, he paid the price for it. He gave his life and he died. All our disease, all our sickness, by his stripes we were healed, it says in Peter. Um, he did it all. So, so we, we sit and rest in that, receiving the gift of righteousness because it's his righteousness that he has given us. It's not our own righteousness. So um, he, uh, let's see, relating to him on the basis of the finished work of the cross and not in our own performance, our own effort, our own, we relate to him in that union, in that divine union, that divine exchange that takes place when you believe. We're not, this is one biggie that, God is just so good. He delights to do these things for us. He delighted to do this 
for the joy set before him. He did it. He delights to bless us. He delights to prosper us. We are not trying to motivate God to do something good for me today. We just rest that he did it and we believe and thank him for his goodness. Trust. Resting doesn't mean just sitting there doing nothing. You're going about your life. But on the inside, you're trusting his goodness. Trusting his delight in you, even in your weakness. Even in our weaknesses, he delights in us. He is drawn to us when we say, can't, can't do it. Nothing in me, nothing here, nothing good in this flesh. He delights that, to hear us say that. We're not trying to motivate. I, listen, prayer used to be a pain in the neck. It was awful. It was like, oh, I forgot that one, and I forgot this, and oh, I didn't write that down. And it was like trying to force God's hand by, oh, well, I prayed for an hour today. Oh, pretty good. You know, no, it comes from that union, from him inside, joined with us. It's the spirit rising up in prayer, delighting to bless his people. Um, all right. Okay, then she says, In his shade I took great delight and sat down, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. The fruit of the work of the apple tree, of the one that died for us, has been accomplished. And we receive, we keep saying, yes, Lord. And we receive revelation from him. Day by day, it, it, sometimes it just rises up within you. Um, remember over in Luke... Where they didn't, uh, when they were walking on the road to Emmaus after, you know, this is one of James's favorite scriptures he's talked to us about a lot of times. Those guys, Jesus came and um, talked to them from the scriptures all about himself. But their eyes were closed and they didn't know who it was that was doing that. So. When he came in and sat down with them, he looked like he was going to go away. But they said, come on in and sit down with us because their hearts were burning. Have, have, you, ever, have you ever been like reading the scripture or pondering on something or, or doing something totally not scripture, you know, not spiritual at all. And all of a sudden, you're, you just begin to have a revelation of who he is and how much he loves you and your heart begins to burn or something comes to your mind from somewhere in here that you didn't understand and all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I know what that means. Well, it says he, he opens our eyes so that we can see him all through this book. Um, somewhere over there, somewhere over there in the New Testament, it says, Jesus said, I think Jesus was the one that said this, Blessed are your eyes, for they shall see. Blessed are your ears, for they, they shall hear. In other words, 
the spirit inside opens our eyes, opens our ears, opens our spirit, opens our understanding so that we can see who he is and what he's done. So it's that revelation that is sweet to her taste. She's eating of his fruit. I know a lot of you listen to Joseph Prince. He talks, the first time I ever heard him say this about fell out of my chair. It was so cool. He said, just come and eat of Jesus. And I'm going, and then, bang, right away, John chapter 6 is an awesome chapter that talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. That's not just talking about communion. It's talking about eating of him, his life, coming to him and just saying, I need some of your fruit right now. I'm going to take this and just eat. And just eat and let him minister to you. Because as we eat him... Then it comes from the inside out. The revelation comes forth. It does help to read. It does help to read the word. Otherwise, we can get way off track and all kind of crazy, wacky stuff. We um, we need to have the written word so that the living word that is in us has something to work with, so that the spirit can bring forth the revelation. It's really cool. Um, okay. She took, she was expressing great enjoyment of God and his revelation of who he is and revelation of knowing who, who she is or who we are in him. In other words, the more we just sit down in delight in what he's done, he begins to reveal our new identity and we take great enjoyment in that and refreshing in that um, we realize that we are not our own that we were bought with a price and that he himself the creator God the one who created everything has come and is living in me living in you God, God, and so as we rest in his shade, we take great delight in his fruit, the fruit of revelation, the fruit of the enjoyment, realizing and understanding even in our weakness, even in our weakness, he is delighting in us. The more, the more we get to the place where we enjoy him enjoying us, then we enjoy life more. Um, when you don't know that God enjoys you, even when you've done something bad, He isn't mad. He's already paid for it. He, he delights in you. He's saying, just come to me, child. Don't run away. Just come, crawl up on my lap and sit here. Don't run away. I heard, I heard a teacher uh, several years ago said, when we have done something wrong, when we have sinned like, you know, giving the finger to somebody on the road or <laughs> cussed them out or something. She says, we have no right to run up into the lap of God. And I thought, you are wrong. That is wrong. I'm not going to ever listen to you again. That is nothing but a bunch of mess. It's not the truth. We, that's when we run to him and know that he, he enjoys us running to him. He loves it. Draw, he says, draw near to me. Come. Um, 
Okay, I think I covered that. There are many different pleasures. The, and Tully touched on some of this last week. Um, for a human, we have pleasure in our mental thinking, in our emotions, physically, sexually. There are all kind of pleasures that the human being has been created to have and to um, enjoy. But there's one that supersedes all of those pleasures. And it's the spiritual pleasure of knowing and feeling. And there's nothing wrong with saying that you can feel God's presence. Feeling his embrace. Feeling his love. There is no pleasure that is above that. Of knowing and feeling and enjoying his pleasure in you. And enjoying his embrace. Enjoying his kiss. You know, when some little little thing happens, like a few weeks ago, there was an unusually beautiful sunset. And um, a friend texted and said, go out and look at the sun right now. Oh, my word. It was gorgeous. That's like a kiss from the Lord. That's like feeling his embrace. It's so wonderful. It was like, oh, the whole thing these rays and it was like a crown and there's no way to describe it but to enjoy God in nature like that is awesome and it gives you a pleasure inside where the spirit is like like none that you know you've all experienced these things like when God does something like when when the limb fell out of your tree the exact limb two limbs that you wanted to get rid of (laughs) they just fell down and they weren't rotten they were healthy limbs, you know. It's too, too cool when God does that. But it's difficult to experience the pleasure of God's enjoyment in us. It's difficult when we're not able to rest. Here she, you know, this whole thing right here is about resting and what he's done. As we rest and as we take his fruit and his fruit is sweet to our taste and it goes in and... This stuff starts happening in the spirit where the where the Holy Spirit lives, and we, you know, as a garden, if you just put a seed in the garden, it's going to grow. The garden causes the seed to grow. Um, I've watched some people plant a garden, and it's just so beautiful. It's where I work. They've planted this really neat garden, and they're they're out there tending it. But just by putting the seed in there, here it's growing. Well, when we're enjoying him, eating of him, tasting his fruit, and indulging in eating of Christ, um, those seeds go in there, that fruit goes in there, that nourishment goes in there, and your roots begin to go down into the, the spirit, the things of the spirit. You know, over in John, he said... Um, those that, boy, it's just gone out of my mind. Those that come to him will have rivers of living water flow out of them. Well, we have a river in us that comes from the Spirit. And those roots, in Ephesians it says, being rooted and grounded in his love. Well, that river is that river of love. 
We're entering into that whole circle of the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those roots are going down in there. They're drawing up nourishment. And next thing you know, fruit's coming out of your mouth. Somehow, you're not striving like that to make it happen. You're not trying to do it. It's a natural flow of the things of the Spirit, of the joining, of the union. We are so joined to Him. Um, It's God revealing God to us. It's God's pleasure to reveal His pleasure to us. All right. I don't have too much longer. Hebrews. This, This is really, really cool. I just had to get this in. We talked about this a little bit at our Tuesday Bible study. Um, Hebrews chapter 13. Remember, we have not come to that old Mount Sinai with fire and smoke and trembling and law and rules and regulations. It says in chapter 12, we have come to Mount Zion. To the living God. To Jesus, the mediator. Not only have we just come to him, he's living in us. He's living in us as a believer. Okay, chapter 13, Hebrews, verse 20. It says, Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. We just want to look at a couple of things, take this apart a little bit. Now to the God of peace. For some interesting reason, (laughs) this morning on the way out, I thought, I want to look up that word peace. Now, I know he was speaking to the Hebrews, and maybe he used um, Hebrew, and maybe that was the original word shalom, But when I looked it up, it's the Greek word for peace. This is flabbergasting to me. Y'all might already all know this. But it's number 1515 in Strong's in the Greek. And it's from a primary verb. And I can't pronounce it. But it means to join. To join. Pardon? 1320, Hebrews 1320. To join. We're joined. To have peace is to know you're joined with the one who is peace. Oh, my goodness. When you have that, you have everything, prosperity, health, um, pleasure, all of it. So the God of peace, the one who we're joined to, has given us his peace through um, through Jesus that he brought up, the great shepherd, the one who shepherds us. He shepherds us. He carries us in his heart. He leads us. He takes care of us. And then it says um, in verse 21, equip you in every good thing to do his will. The word equip, now, see, you know, we all are different. I'm the one, I love to look up these words. I mean, that is like pleasure on pleasure to me. So, anyway, because I don't have a clue what they mean in the Greek or the Hebrew, you know. Um, Equip, in King James, it's the word perfect. It comes from, 
however you say the word, but it means to complete thoroughly, repair, adjust. And again, in that list of definition, when you're reading it in Strong's, it means perfectly joined. I mean, he's really trying to get the message across, isn't he? That we are joined, we're in union with him. Um, Equip you with every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, Okay, working in you, you know, people, we get a little nervous when we hear, oh, we have to do, because we've been taught we don't have, you know, but it's the word working is to make or do, and it is used of the bringing forth of fruit. We are joined to him. He is the one living in us. He is the one working in us. That goes along with the the scripture over in Philippians where it says it's God, Christ in you who works and wills to do according to his good pleasure. He is the one working in us to bring forth the fruit. We, I mean, how much more beautiful can that be? Then there it is right there in the book of Hebrews when the author of Hebrews was talking to Hebrew people. People that believed they had to sacrifice and they had to do this and they had to do that. And they were wanting to go back to the sacrifices. But he's saying, no, it's already done in him. Rest in him. Don't seek what you already have. (laughs) Rest in it. Let him minister through you, through us. Know that you are Zion. You are his people. (sighs) He loves you. He he adores you. He went to great extreme measures to be joined with us. The one who is God, joined with his creation, joined in union. So just remember how much he loves you. That he is the apple tree. He is full of fragrance. He is full of fruit. He wants you to rest in his shade. Um, Psalm 91, you know, no. Um, yeah. Yes. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, the shade of the Almighty. Under his wings. Let him take you and just hug you and love on you. And this week, ask him to embrace you in a way that you, you know, you're aware that it's him really doing it. It's okay to do that. Um, so, okay. Let's, Father, we just thank you for this, for this day. We thank you um, for your goodness for us. We thank you that the whole purpose is to let your life, your love, your light, your flame flow forth out of those rivers of living water that are within us. We say yes, Lord. Yes to you and amen to you. Let your purposes and your, your, um, your will be accomplished. Thank you that you enjoy us. We want to enjoy you even more. And Lord, we ask that you would open a door of utterance for every one of us to speak of the beauty 
and the glory and the love and the enjoyment of Christ to the lost and the unsaved world so that they could then have him living within them also. And then you'll do the rest of the work. We thank you for that, Lord. I ask that you would be with Clark today as he preaches. And we, again, we pray for James that he would have a full, total recovery and he would feel better than he's felt in a very long time. And that he'll hurry up and come back. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.